The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. A sure sign that the evenings are drawing in is that the budget is around the corner and apparently uh, the Coalition on Collision Course over proposed increases to social welfare. So you might remember the Department of Finance Tax Strategy Group. They had examined the effect or the cost of a 15 euro uh, increase. It would cost about 1.1 billion euro and apparently there are some who sit around the cabinet table who have misgivings about spending so much money, so much of the government's financial wriggle room or fiscal space uh, devoted uh, uh, to this uh, one measure, a 15 euro increase. Uh, Regina Doherty is a Fine Gael senator. She joins me now, as does Claire Curran. She's Sinn Féin's social protection spokesperson. Uh, uh, Claire, is 15 euro even enough? Uh, Good evening, Kieran. Yes, uh, I suppose this is the annual conversation in relation to social welfare increases for the budget and 15 euro it does seem to have been uh, mentioned. It's obviously in those papers. I know a number of the organisations on the ground are looking for €20. Euro. I, I do believe we need to see a significant increase. It does need to be a double-digit fing- figure. And €15 euro just about keeps up with inflation for those social welfare weekly payments. So I do believe we need to see a significant increase. I wish that we didn't have this circus every year ahead of the budget. I wish we had a system in place where... These increases are evidence-based, based on the minimum essential standard of living. That's something I've thought for a long time. That would give certainty to people on social welfare. And it would mean that we don't have this fiver debate every single year. Mm. Uh, it is also important to note that while there was an increase in social welfare last year, that followed two years of no increases at all. We are in the midst of a cost of living crisis. So I do believe those people reliant on social welfare and they are our family carers or widows or disabled people, they need to see significant increases in the budget in a few weeks' time. Okay, so it sounds like you're saying that you, you, you would be content with €15 euro politically. Fifteen euro, as I said, just about keeps up with inflation. I, I do okay. believe we need to see a figure in and around fifteen euro. We will, of course, be bringing forward our alternative budget in the coming weeks. We will set out a figure, but I do believe it does need to be in the double digits. Yes, uh, Regina Doherty, can your party colleagues uh, stretch themselves to fifteen euro? Evening, Karen. Um, I think what you will see is a significant increase in the social welfare budget this year, as we have seen in every year you know, for the last seven or eight years that the country has had money to spend. Um, back in 2017, when Fine Gael took over the Social Welfare Department, the budget was $19 billion. It's now $23.5 billion. So it's been significantly increased because most of the people on social welfare have to live on a fixed income and have no other way of increasing that income. So when we talk about pensioners or lone parents or people on invalidity or disability payments, or indeed even an awful lot of our carers, they haven't got the opportunity to actually top up what the state gives them, they have to make sure that they live within the, you know, the package that the state gives them, which is why it's really important that we look at the minimum standard to make sure that we try and reach that minimum standard, not just by the core payment, but all of the wraparound payments that go with mm. them, um, cost of living, household packages, living alone allowances, all that kind of stuff, fuel allowances. Um, and they're all significant. So each of them have to be looked at to make sure that they do respond to the cost of living, significant cost of living increases that we've had within the last year. Where I think I differ with Claire, as I found myself nodding with a lot of what she had said, and I very much do uh, and tried my hardest, although I wasn't successful for the four years that I was in social welfare, to get social welfare payments indexed. This business of having the same value for every single payment needs to stop. 
The reason we did a cost of disability report a number of years ago at a cost of 120 grand of taxpayers' money was to show that people who have a disability have a much higher cost of living than those people who don't. To look at carers and to look at, you know, the impact of the caring that they do on their cost of living over and above people who, like the short-term unemployed, who have an opportunity to actually increase the money that the state is giving them by doing extra work, either by part-time, three days a week, or by indeed getting a full-time job. And we all know that there are buckets of jobs out there at the moment. So we certainly shouldn't be disincentivizing or disincentivizing people who can work from working. But we certainly should be looking at the other people who absolutely can't work and so therefore have to live on those fixed incomes that the state gives them to make sure that we're giving them enough to actually have a minimum standard of living. And, and is, that, is that a fear you would have, Regina, is that if you give people who, who are incapable of work through disability, if you give them the support they need, if you were to mirror that, then in, in the general job-seeking community, you might be disincentivizing work? I definitely know that there are people who are telling us, and this isn't anecdotal, you've heard this yourself, there are people who are telling us that it doesn't, it doesn't pay them to go and work because they would lose so much of what they're already on. That should never be the state. You know, absolutely going to work should always pay you better than living off, you know, the interim measures that the state gives you while you're not working. There should never be a case where going to work actually costs somebody money. And we're getting very, very close to that right now. And if we keep increasing job seekers, and remember, like we're at an unemployment rate of 4.2%, that, that practically is near full employment. We always have a churn, you know, so of the hundred and so thousand people that are on the live register, some of them only lost their job a couple of weeks ago and are just trying to find a new one and will find a new one in the next couple of weeks. The people who are long-term unemployed, we need to seriously look at them and say, right, they either need sheltered employment or they need to be retrained. Yeah. But there is a cohort of people out there who are on, you know, payments from the state uh, from a, a, a different variety of sources who are telling us that it just not would not work to okay, uh, pay them to go to work. And we need to make sure that that's not the case well, or never the case. Uh, 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 Claire, we have a text in here along those lines. Kieran, there's 30,000 job vacancies and 15,000 so-called job seekers who haven't worked in over a decade. Giving this cohort an increased allowance while industry is screaming for staff is genuinely one of the stupidest suggestions I've ever heard. Is the texter right and is Regina right? I think there are considerations there when it comes to different cohorts of people that rely on social protection and each of those cohorts from job seekers to carers to lone parents are all in very different circumstances. I don't believe, I mean, it shouldn't be the case that there is any job seeker out there today on a job seeker's allowance that is not seeking work. Most of them will be activated. I mean, Job Path has recently finished. It, it, it had over 300,000 people referred to it. You are obliged to be seeking work when you receive a job seeker's payment. And to be honest, the Department of Social Protection aren't doing their job if those people aren't being activated. And I know in certain circumstances with Job Path, for example, people were referred. And if they didn't engage, then you're, you're not denying been, they exist now, are you, Claire? Oh, of course I, there I, are people I'm, out there. I, I am not denying they exist, but I am saying in that case, the Department of Social Protection need to pull their socks up because the rules are clear. If you receive a job seeker's payment, you're obliged to seek work. And as I've said, there has been instances where people are referred to job activation. They don't take it up and their payments are reduced or in some cases revoked. Okay. Right. We do need to activate people into employment, but we also need to make sure that employment and that work pays. There was a few years ago, the one parent family payment for lone parents was reduced from children to 14 to 7. An Indicon report later on showed that that actively made it worse for parents and they were better off on the lone parent allowance than at work. That doesn't make sense. It shouldn't happen. And I do agree with Regina that we do need to make sure that work okay. pays. 
Re- Re- Regina, you, you were in charge of that department. I was, w- yes, Were you not activating people into work? Two things can I respond to. First of all, uh, thanks for raising the lone parents, Claire, because as soon as I became social protection minister, I reversed those changes uh, and significantly increased the lone parents allowance uh, and the children's allowance associated with being a lone parent. So that's the first thing I'll say to you. The second thing, Ciarán, the disingenuousness of Claire. Every time I set foot into the chamber, it was demanded of me by Sinn Féin that I would actually close down jobs paths. Every single time they railed against it. They did not and want I people to be activated. Uh, and, uh, and, and now the record, the record will speak for itself, Claire. Every single time I was, we were accused of bullying people. And now she has the audacity to say that the Department of Social Welfare are not I, activating I people. To, I need They're to come back to you. You can come back in just a moment. Let Regina finish your point. I'll most, absolutely give you time to come back. They're one of the most progressive departments in trying to get people back to work, which is why we have so many people working at the moment. The only thing that I would criticise is in the slowness in recognising that on the live register there are people who needed supported work environments. And I don't mean CE and I don't mean POOS, but they do need supported work environments. And I think we need to really, really look at that. And we also need to look at returnships for women who've been out of the workforce for years to try and retrain them and get them back into the workforce. But, but to say that the Department of Social Welfare don't activate people is just, it's a stretch too far. Claire. Well, the point's just been made that there are people who are left on job seekers long term for 10 years. I think that's what your texture said. That shouldn't happen and those people should be activated. I used JobPath as an example to show how people are referred, 340,000 of them in fact. And I do absolutely contend and always have. JobPath did fail, uh, just as a scheme. JobPath did fail. 340,000 people went through it. 26,000 secured a job for at least a year. That's a rate of 7.9% and it's cost So I just, I just, Claire, can I get this? So the Sinn Féin, Sinn Féin's criticism, Sinn Féin's criticism of JobPath is that it, it, it didn't push people hard enough. No, my criticism of JobPath is that it didn't work. We saw a success rate of 7.9% of the 340,000 people that went through it. But JobPath is over now and that's welcome. And we do need good, solid job activation schemes. And that is why the importance of fostering a supportive environment for people on job seekers. That was done for many years, actually, through job clubs and through local employment services, which are now in many cases being dismantled, including all of the job clubs, which did provide those wraparound supports for some job seekers that need it. Because for a lot of job seekers, certainly many of them, it's not a case of a job, any job, and in you go. Those wraparound supports are really, really important. There's a Pathway to Work document that was launched there last year, 83 commitments in it. They need to be resourced as well. And we do need to ensure that we support people while they're on social protection. And that's not just job seekers, that's many other people. And we also need to ensure that when people okay. enter work, Re- that it does pay. Regina, fewer, fewer than 8% yeah. of people getting jobs doesn't sound like it was much of a success. Well, actually, the statistics will tell you the jobs path was the most successful activation measures that we've had in the history of the state. The well, problem is, is that Sinn Féin didn't like that we were pushing people who were on the live register to actually help them okay. and make them get jobs. They would have rather we left them at home, you know, and let them just sign on once a month if that's the way they do it. We have we have a situation in this country where we have near unemployment. It's never happened in the history of the state before. We have a booming economy and we have employers telling us they cannot get work. But that is definitely not a time that we incentivize people to stay at home and not get work. If ever there was a reason that people needed to go out and work right now, it's because the work is available and the supports are there to help them. But what we need to be careful is in this budget is that we do not disincentivize people from actually taking up the work that's there, but also recognizing that there are people who are on social welfare supports who have higher cost of living 
than other people on social welfare support. And that's why we need to rule out. It used to be when myself and Willie O'Dea were fighting every August, Karen, it used to be a fiver a year, a fiver increase across the board. Mm. Now, because of inflation, it's going to be 15 euros this year. And that is welcome to the people who absolutely need it. But we need to recognise there are people who need more than others on social welfare. And we are absolutely sure okay. that there are people but who do not need to be disincentivised because God knows there's enough of them sitting at home doing nothing. Regina Doherty, Fine Gael Senator and Claire Caran, Sinn Féin's Social Protection Spokesperson. Thank you both very much uh, for joining me uh, here in the show. Mel says we absolutely have to stop supporting people permanently and job seekers. Just a joke. John in Longford says I have friends, neighbours and relatives who earn a thousand euro per week including job seekers allowance because we know them. We won't report them. They're in every parish in Ireland and I certainly agree with Regina says somebody else job seekers allowance should not be increased. Increased disability, carers, job seekers benefit, old age and nothing else. For what it's worth I do think Regina suggests it should be increased. It should be increased. I, 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 I understand about 15 euro is, is likely and that's the sense I got from Regina as well that that's very likely uh, uh, but certainly she doesn't think it should be increased at the same rate that those other payments that you mentioned disability, carers, job seekers should be. What do you think? 53106 Stay with us here on the Art Shoulder because it is a Thursday we've got a podcast recommendation and we will continue our discussion about the importance of music in primary school. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from 4 on News Talk.